The Influential Woman, Episode 1. Inspirational, uplifting and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is Trish Jones and you're listening to Episode 1 of The Influential Woman Podcast. The podcast about women, for women, empowering and equipping you to take your position of influence. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, businesswoman, ministry leader, married or single. We all have a God-given purpose to take our position of influence in life. Well, wow, it must be 2007 since I recorded my last episode. Well, it was my last and my first episode of... Women of Influence podcast. And here we are now. We're doing it under the Influential Woman because that happens to be the name of my newsletter. And so I thought I'd keep some consistency. But the last couple of weeks, I've been really, really compelled to do this podcast, really looking forward to it. And as I said, this is a podcast for women about women so that women start taking their position in society. I don't know whether you've actually noticed, but I wouldn't say that women are taking over. I certainly am not a women's lib woman. You know, I'm happily married and I believe that men have their place in society. But I also believe that women have a really important and prominent place in society. But over the years, the enemy has done such a great job to actually squash women and make them out to be inferior to men and and as I say I'm being serious now I am not talking about women trying to take over the world I am talking about women working with men for the good of our society and if you've never read Ed Silvoso's book called Women God's Secret Weapon I highly recommend that you go and get that book and have a read and you will see just how important women actually are and notice the ministry of Jesus that whilst in the Jewish culture the women were very much in the background Jesus brought women to the forefront and uh, unfortunately some women have abused that position This isn't what this podcast is about. This podcast is about women taking their rightful place. This is about women working with men um, to influence our society for the better, to influence this next generation, to leave a legacy behind for future generations so that they can turn around and say, wow, it was my mom or my sister or my grand grandmother, well, not likely sister, sister, but grandmother's generation that really made a difference in terms of women's lives and enhancing women's lives. And that's not to say that every, every woman lives under a rock, not seen, not heard. But I don't actually believe that women have taken a prominent enough position, whether that be in their home, in their church, in their community, even women who are actually in ministry, we need to really make our voice heard. And so today, what I want to talk about is who is the influential woman? And I remember when I started Women of Influence back in 2006, actually going to a number of Christian women's forums because I wanted to get involved and I wanted to encourage other women. And so therefore, I would actually go to these forums and see what people were talking about. And I was actually quite depressed when I came out of a lot of them because their focus would center around the Proverbs 31 woman and they would all try to aspire 
to this woman of perfection that they saw. But sometimes they would hit the mark they felt and sometimes they would miserably miss the mark. And you would get people on the forums talking about, wow, I've had a really good day today, you know, from sending the children off to school and they were properly clothed and had their lunchbox, etc., etc. And I did a really good job. My house is clean. Looking forward to my husband coming home and him being really, really pleased. And then you had the other woman. She didn't have it all together. The kids were late for school. The lunch box wasn't properly done. The house hasn't been cleaned. And oh my goodness me, my husband's coming home shortly. Well, I just want to tell you, relax. I am not trying to emulate the Proverbs 31 woman. And in fact, I would highly suggest that you don't try to emulate the, the Proverbs 31 woman because you'll probably only get yourself in a tiz. But I just wanted to mention the fact that going on to these forums, they had actually even reduced the Proverbs 31 woman to a glorified housewife. It was her position uh, in the home that was important and they totally dismissed elements of the Proverbs 31 that talks about the fact that she's a businesswoman and all the other things that she did. And I want to read something to you from my Amplified Bible. It's found at the very bottom. So if you do have an Amplified Bible, you ought to find it in there as well. It's at the very bottom of the Proverbs 31 uh, scriptures and it says it is most unfortunate that this description of God's ideal woman is usually confined in readers' minds merely to its literal sense, her ability as a homemaker, as in the picture of Martha of Bethany in Luke ten thirty-eight forty-two. But it is obvious that far more than this is meant when the summary of what makes her value far above rubies is given in Proverbs thirty-one thirty. It is her spiritual life only that is mentioned. One can almost hear the voice of Jesus saying, Mary has chosen the good portion, which shall not be taken away from her. And that's in Luke 10, 42. And so notice, it's her spiritual acumen or the spiritual element of her life that's actually talked about. And the Proverbs 31 woman is able to do all she can do because she has a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. She has a relationship with God in her case, because this is going back to Old Testament, but she had a relationship with God. And from that relationship that she had with God, she had a great relationship with her husband. She had a great relationship with her children. She had a great relationship in her community. She had a great relationship relationship with her friends. She was influential because of relationships. And I want to say this, women are really, really good, in my view, at building relationships, but we're equally really good at destroying relationships. A woman can actually get involved in a relationship and tear somebody apart. And I believe that the same power that we have to build up, if we negate that power, or should I say misuse that power, that same power will be used to pull people down. And that might be from our children to our husband to the friends that we make, our work colleagues, etc, etc. And so what I want to talk about today is what really makes an influential woman, because I think that women have to stop the struggling I think we have to stop the fighting. We have to stop the competing, not just with men, but with each other, because God has given all of us a God-given purpose, and only we, the individual, 
can actually fulfill that purpose. But whilst we're trying to compete with somebody else or whilst we're trying to look at what somebody else is doing and thinking that what we've been given to do, um, our purpose, our destiny is somehow just not, I'm going to use a word, which is just not sexy enough. You know, it's just not glamorous enough. And so we want what somebody else has. And the problem with doing that is that we take our focus on our strengths and our abilities and our talents and we put them on somebody else's strengths and their abilities and their talents and we miss out on what we can do with what we have been given and later on in the series I'm going to be talking about gifts and talents because I really believe it's something important but you know when the bible talks about according to your faith be it unto you so I could believe for one thing that somebody else might say, I can't believe for that, or I believe for that, and it didn't happen. Well, the Bible actually says, in essence, two people can believe for the same thing, but it's according to your faith. Do you believe? Do you believe? And so I believe that our gifts and talents are the same way. We can start off with something very, very small, and the extent to which we stretch that gift and that talent is very much dependent on how willing we are to put what I call pressure on our gifts and our talents, how willing we are to actually do something with it, to, to, to expand it, to, uh, to nurture it, to stretch it, as I said. So let's actually have a look at who the influential woman is. To me, she's a mom, she's a daughter, she's a grandmother, she's an auntie, she's a career woman, she's a businesswoman, she's a ministry leader, or she's a leader in her community. But most importantly, the influential woman has a voice and she makes her voice heard in a positive way. Now, when I actually say that, I don't mean that this influential woman has to be somebody who's on the platform, who's very prominent in society, who is seen and heard by everybody She doesn't have to have a stage. In fact, she can build her own stage, which might just be quiet reassurance. And so I'm going to use my cousin as as an example. Okay, I'm very much the person who wants to be on stage. I'm very much the the person who doesn't mind being in the public eye. I have a cousin who is very, very encouraging and she encourages people directly through text messages. She used to do writing at one stage, but she's had an injury and so she finds it very, very difficult to write. And so she started using her mobile phone to actually text people. And I can tell you, if there were people lined up here who have received her text messages, they would tell you that more times than not, Those text messages are right on cue. They are absolutely perfect. The timing is right. You are always so encouraged, so encouraged by them. You, you know, for me anyway, I've sometimes, sometimes asked God, what is it? And I've told her before, you know, what is it when I'm going through something? You're always all up in my business. No, because sometimes I think to myself, oh, I won't go and tell Sharon so and so, so and so. But I can tell you, invariably, she will know. And so my cousin has built her own stage and it's not a platform that she gets on in public, but it is a platform that she has built where she has just encouraged people through using her mobile phone. The influential woman doesn't have to be in a position of power. 
In fact, I would actually argue that the influential woman is not power hungry, but she's a helper, she's a guide, she's an inspirer, and what she does do is give power to those people who feel that they don't have the power. People who feel that they are worthless, people who feel that their value isn't as good as somebody else's or not good enough, and she can reassure them. In fact, she will reassure them. Come on, you said that you can't take that step. Take that step with me. You can do this. They are encouraging. And do you know what? It doesn't necessarily mean that they have got it all together themselves, even in that particular area. They might be praying for you for healing, and yet they themselves are not healed, but they still believe in what they believe in. They still believe in the power of God Almighty. They still believe that if they've never seen, if they never see another healing, in their life, they will believe that God heals. I mean, I look at, um, is it Joni Erickson Tada? She has got a great ministry of ministering healing to other people. Other people get healed and Johnny is still not healed. But she keeps doing what she's doing because she is an influence and God is using her. And sometimes we don't understand all of the answers. Influential women don't necessarily have all of the answers, but they absolutely know that what they believe or read in the word of God is true. And so if somebody else reaches out to them, they can reach back out and they can say, you know what, you can do this. God is able. So they have a quiet reassurance and they're not defined either. The influential woman isn't defined by how much she earns, but by the quality of how she gives. Notice I didn't say how much she gives. It's the quality of how she gives in terms of her time, in terms of her encouraging words, a listening ear, resources that she's able to give. And when necessary, just to be present. You know, there are those people, those influential women. In fact, actually, I'm going to mention Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa herself couldn't raise that much money. She was living among the poor people of Calcutta. But how reassured do you think people felt when they knew that Mother Teresa was in the vicinity. It was her presence. It was knowing that she was a helping hand. It was knowing that whilst she herself may not have the answers and the power to be able to do something, she was a voice of influence on their behalf. I, I just absolutely love that. It is not about using our voice as influential women to usurp our power, to take for granted or to abuse our power. It is to have a voice for somebody else other than ourselves. Because sometimes, you know, people use the platform, in fact, abuse the platform, abuse the fact that they are in public to try and build their own kingdom, as I call it. We are supposed to be building God's kingdom. And one of the sayings I love is that I want people to hear me, but follow Jesus. So I want to be the voice of God speaking to those people that they hear me but they do what Jesus would have done and I believe that God has given us the ability to do that and the extent that we take and run with that really is down to choice our choice will you do it or won't you do it will you be the voice on somebody else's behalf or do you want to be your own voice and we get to choose I hope 
that if you're listening to this, that you choose to be the voice of somebody else. Be like the Mother Teresa, and I don't mean literally here. Be the voice who is fighting on the behalf of somebody else. Be the voice who wants to encourage somebody else to get to a place, to point B when they're struggling to move from point A. The other thing about the influential woman is that she knows her boundaries. She knows when to say yes, and she also knows when to use a confident no. She's confident in being able to say no. And I believe that that's something that a lot of us have to learn. We find it very difficult to say no because, you know, come on, let's face it, church has taught us that if anybody asks a question, if anybody asks you to do something, you're supposed to drop everything and go do it. But the influential woman, she knows that she's not capable or designed even to do everything. And so she chooses well. And by choosing well, she's then enabled herself to do what she's called to do. And what she's called to do, she's also able to do that well. Why? Because she hasn't got 50 million things going on in the background and she's unable to deal with the children here, deal with their family there, run along to church to have this women's meeting or that women's meeting. She is just able to be selective and focused in what she is doing. And so when she puts her mind to something and whatever she puts her hands to, she does a really good job. If you actually have a look at Proverbs 31 and read about the virtuous woman again, you will see that she did not do everything And someone's going to say, yeah, but Trish, if you have a look at that, it says that she did this, that and the other. Let me tell you a little story. I remember some years ago uh, when I was putting together Women of Influence and I was doing the newsletter and I was doing everything else. And I do all the technology stuff myself. Okay, so I put up my own websites. I do my own content. I do now have a developer that does some of the work for me in the background. But in the main, what you see going on technology wise, Trish does it. And I remember walking downstairs one day and walking in the kitchen to go and get dinner. And I just said, God, I can't do this. I just don't have the bandwidth. I don't have the resources. How on earth can I do this? Look after the child. I've just got one child. Look after my husband. Take care of the home. And this still small voice just said to me, Trish, the Proverbs 31 woman, she was a project manager. And I went, Oh my goodness gracious me, a project manager doesn't do everything themselves. In fact, there's reference in Proverbs 31 to show that the Proverbs 31 woman had a helper. And yet we think we're superwoman. We can do everything ourselves. We don't need any help with the ironing. We don't need any help with the cooking, the cleaning. In fact, actually, that's our domain. Well, Trish may have failed as far as you're concerned, because once I heard that still small voice, the one thing that I was having problems with was actually doing my ironing. And so I got an ironing lady who did my ironing. And in fact, actually, when we were studying, both my husband and I were doing an MBA at the same time. And someone said to us one day at college, how do you guys manage? You know, because, you know, I've got my wife at home or my husband at home, but you two are doing this together. How do you manage to get housework done, etc., etc.? And my husband just turned around and said to them, we don't. And they're like, oh my gosh. We said, no, we get a cleaner in. And we did. We got a cleaner in and I so give thanks to my mum. I love my mum so much and I'm so grateful to her because 
she used to cook on a Saturday and a Sunday, every Saturday and Sunday, and all of us would go around for dinner. And she would always cook enough dinner so that I would have, well, both my husband and I would have enough for Monday and Wednesday because that was the two evenings that we were at college. And so on those evenings, I never had to come home and cook. And on a Wednesday was when the cleaning lady came and we'd walk through the house, walk through the door of the house, and it was like, oh, my gosh, this is just just fantastic because the house was clean and I knew that all I had to do was go and heat our dinner up in order for us to eat and get to bed at a reasonable time. And so I didn't do it all back then. So I don't know what I was thinking of thinking that I had to do all of it myself now. So I'm grateful to God for that reminder that the Proverbs 31 woman was a project manager. So remember that, guys, when you think that you've got to do everything yourself. And sometimes you might think to yourself, I don't have the money, Trish. And I've been there. I know exactly what you mean. You think it's easier to do it yourself. But very often we've got to think sometimes about how we can, how we're losing time. And time is money. And so I'm not saying if you're absolutely broke actually let's not use that word because broke is a state of mind if you really don't have the resources right now to get help ask yourself how you could perhaps get help sometimes it might be asking members of your family i remember in the past actually asking my mum to do some ironing for me and i know how much my mum hates ironing as much as i do but it was just sometimes the one-off just to be able to get some help but we've got to start getting into that mentality effectively i suppose is what i'm trying to say is that we don't think that we should be doing everything ourselves. And the last thing I want to talk about in terms of the influential woman, I mean, she's a lot more things than I've actually mentioned in this podcast. But the one thing, the the last thing I want to mention is the fact that the influential woman, she seeks to live a fulfilled life. And she also seeks and encourages others to do the same. You know, money is important, okay? And money is important to women. But in my time of coaching and I've been coaching now for over 20 years because I started coaching when I was in corporation um, in the corporate world before I actually started coaching as a business setting up my practice etc my coaching and consulting practice if there's one thing that men and women desire even more than money it is to be fulfilled. It is to know that they've done a job and it is a job well done. It is to know that they are satisfied with what they have done. I don't know about you, but I don't like having bad days. And a bad day to me isn't necessarily that the telephone's been ringing a lot and there's been all of these problems. A bad day is that I haven't accomplished what I really wanted to accomplish that day or I've not accomplished much of what I want to, wanted to accomplish that day. In terms of timing, it's almost 10pm here in the UK and I have been determined all day that whatever happens, I am going to record my very first podcast for The Influential Woman. And I have had everything get in the way. I've had to create the front and back music and all the other things that go with putting a podcast together. But I tell you what, I've actually done this recording once, didn't like it, deleted it and started again won't ever be doing that again, but I did. But do you think that after I've actually finished with this podcast, I'm going to feel as though I've had a, a good day? I can tell you it's probably going to be 11 o'clock before I actually upload this podcast to iTunes. 
But I feel that I have accomplished much today. I feel that I have actually got done more than I actually anticipated getting done, actually, because I did think that I was going to have some problems with doing the podcast. And yes, okay, as I said, the original recording wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And so I made some changes and and did it again. Now, next week, I'm actually going to tell my story And I would love to have told the story today, but I didn't actually get a chance to tell my story. I want you to know where I'm coming from, who I am, what I'm about, because I can probably imagine that there are people, women, listening to this podcast and saying to themselves, Ah, but Trish, you don't know where I'm coming from. You don't know what has happened to me. You don't know what my life has been like. And honestly, I say to you in the most loving way, I don't need to know where you have come from. I don't need to know what your life looks like. God knows who you are. And despite what has happened to you in the past, despite how many times you may have thought that you've messed up, God has chosen you for a purpose. And the devil's job is to make our lives look so far east and west than it's supposed to look or north and south whichever way you want to uh, you want to look at it so that we don't even recognize ourselves so that we then end up with an identity problem and we have to remember that when the devil is getting at us he's getting at God through us because everything that the devil does really is to get back at God and so God isn't looking at you in terms of what you've done wrong in terms of what mistakes you have made in terms of what has happened to you when you were a child or um you know even when you're an adult god only sees you through christ jesus if you're born again god sees you through christ jesus and even if you're not born again god sees you how he designed you to be before the foundation of the world He just knows that in order to really tap into that, you've got to know his son, Jesus Christ. And so next week, I'm going to go over my story. I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from. I'm going to tell you how God spoke to me in terms of being a woman of influence when I thought that there was going to be a limit. I'd put limits on myself in terms of what I could achieve, in terms of who I could be, in terms of having a voice. I thought that there was no way I could have a voice because of things that had happened to me when I was younger. So stay tuned. I look forward to catching up with you again next week and hope you have enjoyed today's podcast.